0: You're listening
1: to Louisiana Insider, a superlative guide to a great state's destinations. Hosted by Errol Labor, executive editor of Louisiana Life Magazine. It's a song.
0: It's our favorite melody. It's a song. Give it Our topic today is food, and with us today is the uh, guy I know who knows more about it than anybody else. I, I know this is Stanley Dry. Uh, Stanley Dry has been the food editor for Louisiana Life magazine for only 21 years. Uh, the sad news is that he's retiring from the uh, from the writing part, and we hope we can keep, uh, keep him some sort of way involved with the interview part because he's got so much information and so much wisdom that we need to hope to share it with, with all of you as long as. Uh, Stanley is willing. So anyway, Stanley, hello. The bulk of this is I want to talk to you. Well, We did an article in Louisiana Life where we asked you, we lifted foods and asked you what your favorite was. I want to do some of that. But first, from your national experience, and you wrote with, a, what, with Food and Wine magazine and a, just a whole bunch of New York Times book review, Travel and Leisure. I mean, very impressive credentials. So I just want to talk a little bit about the, the national picture to begin with. Other than Louisiana Louisiana cuisine are there some regions of the country that you really think of that really excel in their cuisine
1: Oh I think uh, I I think uh, the uh, uh, in Texas the uh, particularly the uh, the Texas the, the the Mexican food the Hispanic food I think is uh, is really terrific you know and actually I think most parts of the country over the last 20 30 40 years the, the food situation has really improved and uh, I mean, I think offhand, New England is very strong, and California and the North Pacific Northwest. Uh, I think um, I think the you know the, the situation has improved greatly over the <clears throat> the last years, but Louisiana is still still up there at the top, I think.
0: You know, I, I was thinking in preparations for this question. that It seems like in most places they have a really distinguished cuisine. You can't get too far away from Italian influences, and Italian and Mediterranean influences. Those seem to be some of the really majors.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and of course, we have a lot of Italian influences I, ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Like like in New Orleans, I mean, I think the, the the typical neighborhood restaurant would be a combination of Italian and the Creole seafood sort of thing. Kind of like right. a place like, like Mandina's in New Orleans. I, I think that's what the point is. And you know, probably a lot of Italians who still you know, open those groceries.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Okay. Uh,
0: who, I guess, of the food celebrities nationwide, like the
1: chefs, or the cookbook writers, are there anybody that you particularly admire? Oh, there, there are quite a few. Uh, uh, he's deceased now, but Bill Neal, uh, who wrote uh, a couple of really wonderful books, he wrote a, uh, <clears throat> a biscuit, spoon bread, and sweet potato pie, which is the best book on on southern baking that uh, that I've ever seen, and he also wrote a uh, uh, a general cookbook which is uh, which is really uh, quite quite good. Um, there are a bunch of them. Jasper White up in um, uh, Boston has done several books that uh, are really good. His Summer Shack uh, cookbook and 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 uh, several other ones that he's done. Um, Goodness, there's so uh, there's so many. Um, it's hard to uh, yeah. it's hard to list them all.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, well, locally, one of the famous ones locally, I can't tell you if it was good or bad, but I know it was famous. Was the River Rose cookbook? Remember, many years right. ago, it was one of the women's societies that got together and compiled recipes, of native recipes, and
1: that became a must-have cookbook for a long time. Absolutely, and the same thing. The same thing happened in Lafayette with the uh, the Junior League there that put put out the the Talk About Good. Yeah, which, that's right. Uh, yeah, which was an excellent book. It's still out there, still in print.
0: Yeah, I remember the thing for a while that if uh, a couple was getting married that the must have gift as they gave him was a River Rose cookbook. About, yeah, you know, <laughs> one of the classics. Okay? And I guess Paul Prudhomme with his cookbook. I guess he got a lot of splash on that too. You know. The- oh, absolutely. Yeah, the first Absolutely. the first the first time I tried a gumbo, it, it it was with a uh, with Paul Prudhomme, so, um, and and just journalistically, uh, you know, we know that recipes are high interest topic with uh with readers, and so like the column, yeah. uh, you know, every issue you were offering some recipes.
1: Yeah, I think people never get enough recipes. They just they love <laughs> recipes. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe some of them won't
0: follow them, okay? But they just like to see them. They just like to see exactly, the, yeah, yeah, um, see the ideas.
1: Um, a lot of people, a lot of people like to read them, you know, um, read them and get ideas. Oh, sure, and, yeah, 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 just uh, enjoy it vicariously.
0: Okay, um, if they're really part of the nation, this may not be a fair question, but I'll ask you anyway. That you don't think the food's
1: very good. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I haven't been in everywhere in the country, so uh, I can't. Uh, uh, I can't uh, uh, really comment on, on all of it. We, we prompted this. I was thinking
0: last year we were on a, a tour of the um, the Grand Canyon era, you know, Montana and Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Our, our tour guide, a professional tour guide, uh, told us. Told off, the food out here is not very good. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of meat and potatoes sort of stuff. Right. But there's not a lot, you know, there's not the Italian influence out there. There's not, the, there's not those European or, or African. I mean, it, it's sort of like native, native kind of basic food. Uh uh-huh. And she was right. I said, how could that be right? I mean, out here in the West and all of this, you know, and it was right. There was nothing distinguished, you know, it was just put something on the fire, cook it, and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, let me ask you about Louisiana things. Okay, I'm going to mention to you and just elaborate, whatever you want to do, a uh, food item. Some of them we've talked about before, but some I'd like to hear you elaborate on. Uh, and the question is, what is your favorite? All right. Uh, okay. Uh, method of preparation. And the first one's got to be the most obvious when you talk about Louisiana food: gumbo.
1: Well, my favorite gumbo is seafood gumbo. I mean, I like uh, I like all kinds of gumbo. Of course, I love Chicken and sausage gumbo, and recently we made some uh, gumbo zab, the uh, uh, the green gumbo, which I also like. But seafood is really is really my favorite.
0: And so that would usually have crab and oysters
1: and shrimp. Yes, yes, crab, oysters, shrimp. Those are the those are the the, the things that I really like in
0: them. And this will raise the whole the old question about filet or uh, or okra. This would be with filet, wouldn't it, or...
1: That, yeah that that gumbo the one I'm thinking of that type of seafood gumbo uh uh I would use fillet with um you know there also there's also a, a lot of people make a shrimp and okra gumbo which is which is very good you know that's mm-hmm. also a seafood type gumbo but it, it just just with the shrimp um
0: Tell me about you mentioned gumbo zab which is something I think a lot of people outside of New Orleans will not have heard much about. Tell me
1: about Gumbo Zab. well it's a it's a gumbo that's made with a variety of greens uh they say that if you for good luck you should have seven greens uh but you can have more than that you can also have less than that. I made some recently i have a friend ha- i have a friend who uh, has a small farm and he invited us out to uh, um, to pick some vegetables so uh we went out and we we picked um among other things, we picked a bunch of greens. And then I had uh, I had some more greens in, in my garden. I think I wound up with about 11 different ones. Mm-hmm. And um, what I did was get some smoked turkey necks. And I, I cooked those for an hour or so to uh, get a good broth and then took them out. And then um, uh, used onions and a roux and uh, that variety of greens and cooked that uh, uh, uh cooked that until everything was uh, cooked, you know, and then I pureed it with a uh, a handheld immersion blender, um, and then I took the the meat off of the smoked uh, turkey necks and added, chopped that and added it back to the uh to the gumbo. Uh, it's really a delicious, it's really a delicious gumbo.
0: Well, here's something I'm a bit confused about. I had originally heard that maybe it was just bad information. That the origin of gumbo zab was to be a meatless gumbo, and for example, Dooky e. Chase in New Orleans had long had a tradition that on Holy Thursday, uh, which is you know by Catholic tradition a, a no meat day, uh, that they serve
1: gumbo zab. Yeah, uh, is that correct? But but then I, I well, I I haven't had hers, but my understanding is that 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 she uh, she had meat in hers. I think she used uh, ham hocks. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh,
0: That's what confused me because it's supposed to be meatless gumbo, but
1: she had ham in it. (laughs) You're right. You're right about that. And I think, you know, as a as a Linton gumbo, if 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 you're really going to uh, uh, stay away from the meat, you I have made it without meat, but it it it's not it it's not as flavorful. You know, Uh Uh, you can do it, but it's uh, it's better with meat. (laughs) Sure, absolutely.
0: Well, tell me about the greens. What are some of your your favorite greens?
1: Oh, uh, uh, I love! I, in fact, just today I cooked some. Uh, I cooked some mustard greens a little earlier, which I love. And you know, mustard greens and turnip greens and collards. I love uh, uh, bok choy. Um, I like most uh, most any kind of greens. I go to uh, a Vietnamese uh, uh, store here in New Iberia sometimes, and they have a variety of different greens that I don't even know what they are. Uh, I don't know the names for them or anything, but, uh, I asked them, you know, what to do with them. And she says to put them in soup. So, uh, (laughs) so I do that and it's good. It's good. Between the, uh,
0: the more famous ones locally, mustard greens and collard greens and turnip greens. Yeah. You have any favorite among those or.
1: uh, Mustard greens are my favorite. Okay. Mustard greens are my favorite. Yeah. I I also like turnip greens and, and, and and collards. Uh, but I, I cooked mustard greens today and we had a, uh, some turnips. I cook some turnips with them, also. Yeah,
0: the mustards have like like a stronger flavor to it. Or
1: it has, yeah, it has a little more of a spicy flavor. I think the mustard green does. You know, yeah. Uh, but they're all they're all good. I was going to buy turnip greens, but they were not that. Uh, they didn't look that good today. Yeah. And the collard greens, collard greens uh, require a lot more uh, cooking because they You know, it takes a long time to cook those things down. But they're good. I love all of them. Yeah,
0: I remember a long time ago doing an interview with um, John Besh. This was when he was still kind of new into the career and a, a rising star. And he was saying that he had been invited to be a judge of uh, a, a cooking contest they had out in uh, New Orleans East, the Vietnamese village. And, uh-huh. so, Vietnamese thing. and so he went and he judged and he said he was struck about the closeness between Vietnamese cuisine and Cajun cuisine. Uh, you know, the soups could be like our gumbos and they're different. Right. They're different kind of seafood that there was that there's a real cross boundary between them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh and the rice and everything, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe that's one of the reasons uh, we love Vietnamese food so much. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um and uh and I think some of the, the Cajun restaurants, like Mulats, kind of caught on to that a little bit, too, and doing that. I mean, the the fact that you said bok choy, you had bok choy, that kind of shows what the influence is. That's of, right. Down here. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so seafood gumbo, favorite type of gumbo. How about uh, favorite rice dish? Louisiana's a big rice-growing state.
1: Well, I, I love dirty rice or rice dressing, you know. And uh, of course, I love jambalaya. So we've got, you know, we've got quite a few rice dishes to uh, to choose from. But um, I'm particularly fond of uh, of dirty rice or rice dressing.
0: Now, would you find a rice in your mind a rice dressing and dirty rice the same
1: thing? I don't know technically if they're exactly the same thing or not, but they're very, very close. Uh, they're very, very close. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm
0: going to tell you, in one one rice dish you forgot, okay, but to me it's one of the great, is, is rice and gravy.
1: Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs>
0: Plain little rice with, with beef gravy. Um, when I was in college, I went to McNeese, and um, I had a, um, a roommate for a while from Phil Platt, and sometimes at night he'd go into withdrawal about rice and gravy. He'd be lying in his mouth, oh, I missed some rice and gravy, I want some rice <laughs> and gravy. And the fact is, when done right, man, when it's a good hearty gravy and the and you got good rice, the salt to the right thing, that's a great dish.
1: Oh, it is. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. I could eat it every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um the uh the rice dressing, what is the top what would be if you were making rice dressing, what what ingredients would you have in it? Oh, what ingredients? Well, you've got uh it it depends on how much uh uh, uh, you like liver and I mean, you can use liver and you can use gizzards and you can use pork, different cuts of pork and, uh, uh, uh all of that, uh, rice dressing and, uh, dirty rice, you know, will vary from one cook to another, depending upon particularly how much, uh, how much liver they put into it or, or some don't put any, put any liver at all. Mm. And, um, uh, then you've got, you've got a roux in there and, and um uh, a broth of some type yeah
0: but I tell you, especially like around thanksgiving those uh those side dishes you know having having good uh, rice dressing or dirty rice is a really great side dish that you're not going to find anywhere else in the country you know but it's, it's a really good dish all right uh i'd ask you about sausage. what's your favorite method of sausage
1: preparation favorite method of sausage preparation or oh, your favorite type of
0: sausage yeah. First,
1: favorite type of sausage yeah. uh, i well of course i love boudin which is uh, was a sausage i also love andouille um and various uh you know various uh, smoked sausages which we have such a uh, a wide range of them uh down here uh some some of the some of the smoked uh pork and venison sausages are really really fabulous i think you
0: know am i wrong but people haven't been talking about, i mean i know andouille is an old food but not in louisiana i mean it seems like it was only in the last few decades that you heard people talking about andouille it was never a, 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 something that you heard about very much
1: you think it's a more recent well that could be i don't know yeah. i don't know uh, uh it's 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 pretty pretty widely available now i think yeah because yeah it varies a lot from one maker to uh to another
0: yeah yeah uh i think people like paul Prudhomme would have really popularized uh i think
1: that. you're right about that i think i think Prudhomme really really did popularize it i think you're exactly right
0: yeah and then uh and then yeah i think we solved the mystery here and then when the uh, and of course all those places up and down the river do it and i think they that kind of uh Created in the industry. Speaking of Paul Prudhomme, how important was he to the culinary scene in Louisiana?
1: Oh, he was. He was very, very important. I mean, Prudhomme just was uh, one of the one of the biggest influences uh, uh, that I can think of. Um, you know, he uh, he, uh, he he's he's the one who really made brought uh, Cajun cooking to uh, to a national audience. I remember I was living in um, in New York at the time when he came up there, you know, he, went, he would go on the road and set up a restaurant in different cities, you know, uh, for a week or two weeks or whatever it was. And um, he did that in New York and uh, we went and I mean, the, the line was around the block to get mm. into that restaurant, you know? Um, and uh, he had tre- tre- tremendous, tremendous uh, influence. And I don't think before Prudhomme came along, there wasn't all that much Cajun um, restaurants in New Orleans. I don't think there was the Bonton and maybe a few others. But but he 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 really brought Cajun big time to New Orleans.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
1: And and the Bonton was really kind. of... The ones that were
0: Cajun were also kind of Creole too. You know, There was not a really the, the things to think. And the things like mulats, uh, you know, moved into, into New Orleans and stuff that. Right. Was, I mean, but, but yeah, he really put Cajun on the map. And this was oh, yeah. like, I guess it'd be like in the 1970s, kind of like this, uh, what do you call this Cajun Renaissance when people nationwide became of Cajun. They'd heard of it, but it just it, it didn't become a thing uh, around that time, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, it really, uh, that really, really flourished the most I think in, in the 80s is when it really started started uh, booming around the country.
0: Yeah. And then the other thing, I give a lot of credit to the Jazz Fest in New Orleans as far as cultural experience, and it was around the same time that Cajun music became more famous too. And maybe it was because maybe the food had made it famous or something. But you started getting you know more Cajun people on the, on the national spotlight. So I don't know. The um, the thing about Prudhoe, the story I always tell about the black and redfish, how it became so popular that it depleted the Gulf of Mexico of redfish. That yeah. they, had,
1: they had to put that ban. Huh? I mean, that's that, right. That's, that's, that's what. That was used. an amazing, amazing thing. An amazing. Yeah, thing. Uh, it, talking about talking about uh, booting. I used to <clears throat> I used to say that. When you were driving down from North Louisiana to South Louisiana, you could tell when you'd gotten to South Louisiana when, uh, when the uh, uh, in the at the gas stations and the convenience stores when they were serving Budan, yeah, know? that was kind of the marker there. But I tell you, that's just not true anymore. I mean, the 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 convenience stores and the gas stations are serving yeah. boudin in uh, Alexandria.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I gotta tell you, uh, I like boudin too, but I always thought a little bit. Dare, I didn't let it stop me, but I always felt a little bit daring when you go into a gas station and they got this uh hot lights, and then and under the hot lights, they got the Buddha and they sell it. You know. right. and I <laughs> said, I don't know, do you want, really want to be buying sausage from a uh a gas station cashier who's got the sausage under a hot light? <laughs> Having asked that question, my answer was yes, okay, I, I did, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that became quite popular. Um, the uh, and of course, the This is the so-called white boudin, all right, Uh, which is what with mostly pork and seasonings. And the the other question, of course, is the red boudin, which is the blood sausage, which is doesn't seem to be quite as popular. It isn't with me.
1: But have you ever liked that? Or uh... I did. I I used to like it when I was uh, uh, back in the sixties. Back in the sixties, when I was in uh, uh, in college, I liked it a lot, and it was uh, it was widely available then. But it, you know, it's a rich, uh, it's a rich sausage, and I, I can't eat as much rich food now as I used to, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if I would ha- still have the same love for it or not. I just, ha- I haven't had any for so long. I don't know.
0: Yeah, wasn't it that uh, legally it, it can't be sold retail. That can only be sold at the place where it's made.
1: I think that's it. I don't. I think that. I think that. Uh, that that that's the case. That it's where it's where the. Uh, I think it's where the the uh, where the slaughtering takes place. Yeah. Uh. So that the, the the slaughterhouses can sell it. Um. Uh, but that's my understanding of it, anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's kind sort of a turnoff, right there, man. <laughs> you, you say, <laughs> "I want some white boo Now where can I get? You say, "Well, I got to go to the slaughterhouse to get that." Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. they will take a hamburger instead. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and of course, that's what you know. There are a lot of foods that have different names and different styles and cultures. I mean the, the white blue doesn't it draw from like the blood pudding that you see in Brit British uh,
1: countries? Uh yeah, it probably it probably does. They also make they also make some um uh, some uh, sausages with blood in um uh, uh in France. Um uh so uh yeah. I think there's that I think there's that influence also.
0: Yeah. And you know, with boudin, again, here comes the jazz fest. The jazz fest would sell boudin. A lot of people their first experience with boudin with the jazz fest, and then, uh, but then they started doing. And I don't know if this really counts, but they call it like crawfish boudin. And to me, if it's not if it's not meat in it, it's not really boudin. But that was a pretty popular item. You know?
1: yeah. yeah, and and and, and there's a, a, a one of the boucheries here in, in New Iberia that makes uh, boudin. They they make a, a crawfish boudin now also. Mm-hmm. Have you tried and, that? Uh, I, I've seen uh, I've seen uh, uh, shrimp boudin also. Okay. I like the I like the crawfish boudin well enough, but I I, I prefer the uh, the uh, the pork myself. Yeah.
0: but the common ingredients can always be rice.
1: The common uh, ingredients always rice. That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly rice meat
0: right. mixed together and then put into. Yeah.
1: I once a had in New York. I once had from <clears> there <throat> was a uh, Ukrainian butcher shop on the Lower East Side. And they made a a sausage, it was a a pretty fat sausage as I recall, that um, was a a pork sausage but it had rice in it. uh, Uh uh, That was interesting.
0: Yeah. And and maybe the rice came from Louisiana. Um, Probably did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's something that doesn't get the
0: attention it deserves. I mean, is Louisiana like the world's largest producer of rice, do you know, or
1: it's up there? And we produce an awful lot, but I don't know. I don't know how it ranks with uh, with other rice producing areas.
0: Yeah, I guess China would be pretty high, but but I know uh, this is pretty high. Okay, Uh, drink a lot of coffee in uh, in Louisiana. What's your favorite method of coffee?
1: I like I like a uh, a dark roast, a dark roast coffee. Um, Usually, usually make a drip coffee. You know. and uh, I'm, I I like coffee with chicory if I'm having a cafe au lait, but for uh, for black coffee I prefer uh, just a straight uh, dark roast. Yeah.
0: Now the whole chicory thing, uh, isn't it true that that was what started during what I don't know if it was World War One or World War Two, but it was kind of an extender to try to kind of spread out the coffee when there was
1: a shortage. I think so. I think uh, I think I think uh, I want to say it's during the Civil War
0: okay,
1: I want to say it's during the civil that war could be, but, it could be
0: yeah
1: well, yeah. but yeah that's that's my it's my understanding of how it first uh it first started getting used and it, then of course people developed a love for it
0: and chicory is whether is it, it's a uh a dried some kind of leaf or uh
1: yeah it's a uh a uh, uh a root uh that that's uh that's dried and and ground,
0: yeah okay. Uh, it could be that New Orleans is the last place you can still get coffee and Chippery. I mean, it's still, it's still in the news stores. With the whole age of coffee shops and Starbucks and all that, you never hear about chicory at those kind of places. No. Yeah, the real New Orleans. is Okay. Uh, but you do do coffee in LA sometimes.
1: Oh, yeah, I do sometimes. Uh, uh, I don't make it that often, but sometimes, well, particularly if I'm particularly if I'm in uh, New Orleans, you know, and you go for some beignets and... You're going to get some uh, cafe au lait with those beignets. Yeah,
0: at least what, I am. What are some of your, of your favorite places in New Orleans?
1: Uh, restaurants, or, or huh? what are some of your favorite places to eat? In oh, in uh, in New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, I love some. Of, you mentioned Mandina's earlier. Man, yeah. I love Mandina's. It's uh, uh, a terrific restaurant and uh, uh, Galatoires and. Uh, um, uh, on and on. It's interesting you mentioned
0: the two you mentioned, Mandina's and Galatois, because many years ago I did an interview with Tommy Mandina, who at the time ran Mandina's and he was the son of the founder. And it was all the family restaurant. And he told me that when they were kids, the family, I think it was Tuesday night, the restaurant was closed. And they go, you know, they're right on Canal Street. So they go out on Canal Street and take the streetcar every Tuesday night. And go to Galatoire's, is that right? Yeah, they sit down and they kind of see how, like a, a high-end restaurant, how they did it. Uh, they pay close attention to the turtle soup and to the type uh-huh. of service and those kind of dishes. But there was obviously a Galatoire's influence in uh, in Mandina's.
1: I'll be. That's very interesting. Yeah. And That's then very t- interesting. Yeah, and then you toss in the the
0: seafood and everything else. It, it, it's yeah. a big influence. Um, by the way, I had occasion to go to. Uh, Mandina's twice during the holidays, both to do pick up, both to just go pick up something, and it was packed. It's jammed, and so it's still, it's still going strong.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, we were there. We were there back uh, uh, earlier this year and had some uh, really spectacular uh, soft shell crabs.
0: Oh my God, yeah, yeah, uh, soft shell crab is to me one of the great dishes. You know, I mean, it's really it's it's a real. I agree. That, right?
1: I agree. Softshell crabs are, are, are spectacular,
0: it, it and you know the the experience of eating is that it has so many textures to it, like the crab claw, the softshell crab claw, kind of cover, softer, chewier, and then the, the the main body of the crab, which is really crispy, and it, it's different flavors and different textures.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're making me hungry now, talking.
0: Yeah, some... <laughs> the one thing to hold people back is a lot of restaurants where they have soft shell because it's so seasonal. I mean, you can't get it all year round long, okay? Right. And they, uh, they usually don't have the price alongside uh, thirty That's minutes. That's right. Yeah, and so with fair market, market, market would... it's
1: usually market market price, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So don't be embarrassed to ask the, the waiter or the server with, what the market price is, okay? And uh-huh. once you hear it, you might want to change your mind, okay? So <laughs> Uh, But it's a fair
1: pricey.
0: But if you're feeling affluent one day, yeah, go for the soft shell crab. We had mentioned okra or filet a little bit earlier. What's the difference in terms of when you should use one or the other
1: between okra and filet? Yeah. Uh well, okra. uh, If you're making a gumbo, if you're making a, a gumbo with uh uh with okra, I mean you can use okra and. Almost any any kind of gumbo um, but uh, the, uh, uh, it, I don't know, it varies so much, you know, it varies so much from one from one, one gumbo maker to another. I mean, it's just uh, you know everybody's gumbo is different. And um, um, I, one thing I've noticed though with a lot of people now just don't use fillet much anymore. You know, you have a gumbo like a chicken and sausage gumbo, and uh, in the past it would be more common to uh, to serve it with some fillet. But a lot of times it's not; it's not served. It doesn't have either fillet or okra in it. You know? Yeah. Uh, so it's it, it it changes. Yeah. And they say the, they say the rule is you never put okra and fillet in the same gumbo. Which is generally true, I guess, but there's some there's some gu- people who make gumbo who do that, who put both in it. Yeah, isn't uh, well,
0: so part of the role that they both of them play is, is, is thickeners to make the soup a little bit thicker. Yes, so yes. I guess for that reason you wouldn't want both of them in the same. uh yeah. in the same yeah. bowl.
1: The, the the flavor of course is different, but the the thickening is a a, a major reason for using it.
0: Yeah, in the survey we did, we asked you about what your favorite fish is for uh, for eating. And you answered speckled trout. Why? What should we look for in the
1: speckled trout? Well, I love speckled trout. It's a it's a it's a very flavorful fish, and it's uh, it has a it has a nice texture to it. Um, it goes really well with some with some lump crab meat. Um, and um, so I, I like it, how do you know. how do did-
0: how do you usually fix it? You saute it or fry it or, or what? I
1: I, li- I like it sauteed. I like it sauteed with a little manure sauce. Uh-huh. You can also broil it, but um, it's uh, either broiled or, or sauteed. And then with um, some crab meat added to it on okay. the plate. Okay.
0: You mentioned crab and we've talked about the soft shell crab, but like if, if you couldn't have a soft shell crab, but you could have crab, what's your favorite way? Favorite what? Your favorite crab dish, other than uh, the
1: oh, shell. other than uh, other than soft shell crab. Yeah. Oh goodness. Um, I mean, just uh, 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 lump lump crab meat is uh is a wonderful thing, and I love crab cakes. I, I would put crab cakes right up there, uh, high on the list of my favorites. Yeah. Okay. Um.
0: And speaking of um. Uh, of Galatoire, yeah, they're famous. Uh, uh crab meat de la maison at Galatoire's, which is like the crab meat, and we kind of—it's simple. It's the crab meat with we come a mayonnaise just mixed together. But boy, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. One Um, I mentioned one commercial brand item in that, just because I think it's so much a part of the Louisiana story, and that's Steen syrup. For those who may not know Steen, if you if you go into the grocery store and you go places where the syrups are these big old yellow cans, and that's that's the name. I mean the real thing is for a s for a syrup and it has its own unique flavor to it. I mean, if you were taking a, a blind test taste, it has a real kind of molasses sort of taste. Um, I asked you what you thought was the best use for uh steam syrup, and that is uh you mentioned uh pecan pies. Uh, really,
1: I I like it uh, not so much pecan pie but sweet potato pie. Okay, so I potato. Like, uh, I have a recipe for sweet potato pie that um uh has cane syrup in it. It doesn't ha- doesn't have any sugar or it doesn't have any other spices. It's just uh, just cane syrup and they just go together so well. You uh-huh. know. Um uh, it 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 makes a really a really excellent pie.
0: Okay. And speaking of sweet potatoes, um Other than uh, in a pie, what would be your favorite way of eating a sweet potato?
1: Oh, I like, I like baked, baked sweet potatoes. Uh I like baked sweet potatoes an awful lot. In fact, I was just, I was at the store this morning and, uh, and I, and I bought some, uh, bought some sweet potatoes. One thing I started doing, uh, uh, instead of baking a whole sweet potato, I split it lengthwise and, uh, uh, put some butter on the on the cut uh, cut sides of the sweet potato and put it put them um, put them uh, down the buttered side on the pan in a, a baking baking sheet and um, uh, bake them in the oven. And of course, it cooks faster than than uh, baking a whole sweet potato, but it also has the advantage of that butter and that uh, the sugar from the sweet potato kind of kind of caramelizes. Wow. Um, uh, and it's really, really delicious. Okay, look, look, so you so you split it lengthways. Oh, okay, I yeah, split it, it lengthways and 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 butter uh, butter butter it and put it uh, cut side down on a on a sheet pan and uh, with the with the butter side the butter side, the butter side the butter side is up. No, right? the butter side butter side's is on the uh, on the pan. It's down. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, and but, then. Um, uh, uh, try it sometime. It's a it, it, oh, yeah, it, I want to. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, the other thing about baking sweet potatoes is the smell. Uh, mm-hmm. if they're baked, that is such a wonderful smell that it brings into a room. You know, you, you, even if you don't eat the sweet potato, it's just the experience from, uh, right. from study, right. you know? and, and I know it's possible to microwave a, uh, a sweet potato, but you don't get that smell uh, to it, you don't get that, only an oven. And that heat and that kind of heat in the Yeah, I've you know, never
1: I've never uh I've never done them in the microwave, but uh but yeah, I agree with you. You need the oven. What's the difference between a sweet potato and a yam? There's not really any difference. I mean, what what happened as I understand it, Louisiana back oh I want to say it's back in the forties, but I mean that I mean the time may be off. Louisiana wanted to distinguish our sweet potatoes from potato, sweet potatoes grown in, like, uh, North Carolina. Uh-huh. And so they call, they started calling them uh, Louisiana yams, but it's still it's the same sweet potato, you know? Okay. <laughs> A true yam is an entirely different uh, type yeah. of vegetable. Yeah.
0: So we sell as yams in Louisiana, and there's some companies that can them and call them yams, but they're not technically yams. They're really sweet potatoes.
1: They're sweet potatoes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, it, it's just created an enormous amount of confusion.
0: <laughs> and isn't the sweet potato supposed to be an incredibly healthy food?
1: I think so. I think it is. I think it's uh, it, it 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 is very healthy. Uh, um, we know you like to bake. What are your favorite items to bake? Well, I love to bake bread. Bread is uh, bread is one of one of my favorite things to uh, to bake, and. Um, uh, <laughs> I like uh, I like different pies and uh, uh, and cakes also. Sp- speaking of sweet potatoes, I make a uh, I bake a uh, sweet potato bread, which oh, is man. really good. It's uh it's I mean it's a sweet bread. It's like a it's similar to a banana bread, but it's uh it's done with sweet potatoes instead of bananas. Um, and uh, it's really good. Uh,
0: is this is this a seasonal dish? I guess they would be. I guess they'd be during the
1: Sweet potatoes wasn't the fall, yeah. But I mean, you, generally you can get sweet potatoes year round. So, so uh, you could you can make it most any time.
0: Okay. Yeah. So if somebody had a recipe for banana bread, and they put in, I, I assume
1: cooked down sweet potato, they they they, they could they can make it. Would that work? Uh, you might have to, you might have to make some. Probably would have to make some changes in terms of the uh, the amount of liquid. Uh, because you're dealing with uh, 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 a different uh, different thing there, uh, but mine is just uh, uh, I use I use sweet potatoes and I use uh, uh, yogurt or uh, or buttermilk, and I like to use some uh, whole wheat flour uh, in it. We We ran a recipe for that for that sweet potato bread years ago in the magazine. Okay, I can't, uh, I can't tell you exactly when it was, but I know we, we, we did run the recipe. Well,
0: I hope it inspired many people to make it, and they in turn uh, well, were inspired. By the way, we're talking to Stanley Dry, who for many years uh, with the uh, food editor for Louisiana Life, who uh, unfortunately is retiring, but we still have him to talk to, and which, we, uh, which we appreciate very much. And we're talking about some of his favorite things, some of his favorite culinary things. crawfish. Um, all right, uh, the most famous method, of course, is boiled crawfish, but which I assume you like, but uh, maybe you don't. But what
1: are you, what are your favorite preparations of crawfish? Well, I do. I love boiled crawfish. I love boiled crawfish. Uh, I love crawfish etouffee. Um uh, Those are probably my two uh, my two favorite ones. Uh, but uh, you know, you, you can use crawfish in so many so many yeah. different ways.
0: Now, kind of like. If you didn't boil crawfish, I think you can feel fairly assured that the, the crawfish were from Louisiana or nearby because you can't import it from China live. I mean, right. like that. but if you buy frozen crawfish, it may very well be from, you know, from across the ocean. Um, other than the economic thing, do you have any feelings about
1: like the Chinese crawfish? Well, yeah, they're just, they're not as good. Uh, uh, they're not as good, they... They're, they're smaller and they uh they, they just don't have the flavor that our crawfish have. And some of the, it, it's sneaky, you know, because there'll be some, and you'll see some in the supermarkets that have a, it sounds like a Cajun name. I can't think exactly what it is, but it's, you know, like Boudreaux or something. And, um, but if you look at the package, you see that they actually come from China. So um, you have to, you have to look at the, Read the packaging very carefully. The Louisiana crawfish are uh, are uh, considerably more expensive than the than the Chinese, but there's there's really no comparison uh, in flavor between the two.
0: But I, I think when the when the Chinese crawfish are used, they they use, you probably used to be something in a pot, like just mixed together and uh, and just uh, making the nettofe or something.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know restaurants, you know, you, you, you don't know, you don't know for sure if they're using Louisiana, if Louisiana crawfish or, or Chinese crawfish. Um, personally, I think that the, uh, if they're using either imported crawfish or imported shrimp, I think that it should specify that on the menu. Yeah, People should know because it's, the, the the shrimpers are having such a such a tough time now and w- we really need to support them and yeah. we need to support the local crawfish growers yeah and speaking of shrimp what are your favorite shrimp dishes oh boy I love I love boiled shrimp is one of my favorites I, of course I love fried shrimp uh, grilled shrimp um, shrimp shrimp stew Mm. Um, you name it. If it's got shrimp in it, it's uh, it's it's probably going to be good.
0: It's certainly a a multi-purpose food. I mean, shrimp is all over the place. Uh, uh, I had something the other night. It was a because uh, uh, it was it was a kind of a fish dish, but in the sauce they had shrimp also. Uh, uh, you know, the little gumbo shrimp in there, and then uh huh, and then the big old shrimp. I mean, it could really. Be, it's a very versatile food. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And I think there. I think it's I think it's uh, there must be a million different uh, shrimp recipes out there.
0: Yeah, um, and you're right that the uh, shrimp industry is facing some hard times now. So we need to we need to work on that. Uh, we mentioned the crawfish. When you'd boil crawfish, what ingredients would you put into the pot?
1: Well, you you need you need uh, some type of your seasoning uh, mix, which is you know there's a jillion different ones of. Uh, Uh, crawfish boil preparation. Some people make their own. Some people, you know, some people. Uh, you can buy. You can buy a variety of different ones. Uh, we like to when we do boil crawfish. We like to do smoked sausage, corn on the cob, and some small potatoes and um, artichokes. Artichokes Mm -hmm. are just great when they're when they're boiled in um, um, and crawfish uh, seasoned water. I was at a. a crawfish boil
0: one time, it was a competition, people were judging different crawfish preparations. In several places, several of the competitors had pineapple uh, in the boil. Huh, that's interesting. I've never seen that. It was was, it, did you it, like it? Yeah, because they combined, man, in one taste, you got the sweet flavors of the uh, pineapple and the savory flavor from the boil. I mean- That's just, interesting. In just one boil, it was it just one bite, there was so many combinations.
1: That's very
0: interesting, yeah. I bet
1: that is good,
0: yeah, well, try it out next time you're both in crawfish., okay, we'll have to try it and uh we're only what five months away from the season, I guess or uh, or June, I guess six months all right um so the um
1: well, we usually start we start usually start getting crawfish by March okay March, April we should have we should have crawfish. I mean, of course, it depends on on the weather what the weather's done but yeah uh, okay well
0: okay so maybe like from april to uh, to december pecans uh, a lot of pecans grow in the in uh, louisiana
1: w- w- what's your favorite oh well i love i love pecan pie and i love uh pecan pralines particularly those two all right um pecan pralines it's, a, it's an old dish
0: you know and they used to sell them in the street corner of new orleans it's not one that meets health standards, usually, because it's all sugar and all of that, you know? And it's not something you see every day, but I, I guess one or two a year ago. I mean, when it's done right, it's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. The um, I want to kind of talk about, to wind this up, because I, I'd ask in the interview, and I'd like to just kind of talk about it. If, if you had people over and you wanted to fix the ultimate dinner what would you fix for dinner uh for people you know with a louisiana style dinner
1: louisiana style dinner well uh start with some oysters on the half shell Uh um, and then um some seafood gumbo um maybe some speckled trout with lump crab meat or red snapper with lump Uh lump crab meat um and um i'd probably finish up with uh with a bread pudding. Okay. Or a pecan pie. But Hang uh, on. Bread pudding is one dish
0: that from place to place really differs a lot. Uh, sometimes it's in terms of its shape, sometimes it serves as a square, sometimes in the bowl, but also sometimes it has raisins, sometimes it has
1: sauce. But it, I mean, it really varies. It does. Everybody makes a different bread pudding, I think. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, well, well, Stanley, We've learned a lot. Uh, thank you for all your suggestions. Oh, I, I know there was one, one they asked you, okay. I forgot. Chicken. How would you fix chicken?
1: Chicken. Oh, goodness. Well, I mean, there's so many different uh, different ways. One, you can make a gumbo with it. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, roast chicken is delicious. And everybody, everybody loves fried chicken. And, um, um, you know, you make a chicken stew. There's just... Uh, uh, so many different, so many different ways to cook it. Chicken pot pie. Yeah, I guess like a real Louisiana type chicken. So fried chicken would be more
0: southern, I, I would think. Uh, but maybe like a chicken stew or yeah, you know, huh. might be uh, might be the way to do it. So make a
1: chicken stew, use some roux, and make a chicken stew is very good.
0: Yeah, and then the one other thing, this is the last one is because they eat a lot of pork in the uh, in Louisiana too. So what would your favorite methods be? For pork
1: yeah, uh, uh, I, well, roast pork is great. I love roast pork. Any uh-huh. type of uh, any type of of uh, 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 roast pork is delicious yeah.
0: um, now now, a byproduct of pork kind of indigenous is cracklins, and this is the uh, really the fried pork fat salt. Uh, cracklins, when done right, when right out of the pot and all that really good. They have that salty taste and that sweet taste, but again, it's not a health food by any means. All right, no. uh, uh, it, it's really
1: fried pork skin salted. But uh, do you eat that from time to time? Oh, or? Yeah, yeah, I love, I, I love them. I love particularly, you know, Boudin, cracklins, and cracklings uh, and a cold beer. I mean, that's a that's, and, and, a, and a, a, that's a, sweet, a wonderful combination. Yeah,
0: and a sweet potato on the side, just to add a a sweet
1: little, potato on the side
0: uh, to the flavor. Yeah, um, I went to a there was a, a store in New Orleans that sold specialty meats, and they had the cracklings. in a sun. Uh, you know, they make their own cracklings, and it was like a twelve dollars a bag. I mean, it was, a, it was kind of a small bag, and so the price is kind of uh, going high. But but um, yeah, I make the same rule for cracklings. I make them on on Crowley, so maybe one or two a year, uh, so yeah. they, but but certainly not um, every day. Anyway, um, Stanley, thank you very much. And thank well, thank you. you, Errol. Yeah, um, well, I'm hungry now. I have to talk. Okay, to okay. You. Well, let's do this again. Let's do this from time to time because I just, uh, I just learned so much uh, from you from doing this.
1: Well, I, I, I enjoy talking with you about uh, about food. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do it again sometime. Okay, and
0: uh, if y'all find the uh, uh, the issue of uh, with the January-February issue of New of Louisiana Life Magazine. Uh, Stanley's in there, and of course, if you find any copy of Louisiana Life in the last 21 years, uh, you, uh, you can learn a lot. so the the legacy lives on. Okay, we'll thank visit you. again, Stanley. Thank you very well, much. Thank you, thank you, Harold.
1: Happy Happy New Year to you.
0: Thank you, Bye bye.
1: Thanks for listening to Louisiana Insider. Subscribe, like, and rate our show where you listen to your podcasts, and follow us on social media at Louisiana Life Mag. Executive producer for Louisiana Insider is Kelly Massico, in cooperation with Louisiana Life Magazine. For subscription information to Louisiana Life, call 504-828-1380. Our theme music was provided by Rich Collins. Hey, that's me. Join us again next week for more discoveries inside Louisiana.